Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha Acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in-store, now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets on this Thursday. It's Thursday, right? Uh, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day. Whenever you need it, I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. David, the playoffs, it took till the final day of the regular season, but the playoffs are set. Yes. I'm kind of excited, Doug. It might be Thursday for you. It's Friday for me. Yeah. Friday for you too, buddy. Well, listen, the playoffs gets, well, it kind of is. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, (laughs) No no work for me on Friday. So, uh, yeah. Um, Playoffs get started Saturday. Let's talk about these matchups. So Boston sneaks into the the first uh, seed. So we get Cavaliers Pacers for our two seven. You oh, get Lance Stevenson versus. I mean, if Lance doesn't guard LeBron at some point, oh, what are we totally doing? Going to what are we doing? It's absolutely, I like because everyone can pull out their old memes and which. Oh my god, <laughs> they're already overflowing my my timeline. The the, the blowing in the ear. Uh, that's a good matchup. Can, can we just talk about the Cavs-Celtics thing for a second, Doug? Sure, let's do it. I mean, all due credit to the Celtics, but the Cavs, I mean, that that's that's an unbelievable uh, fade-off in my yeah. eyes. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I don't think they really care. Like, No, they're going to turn things. it They're going to turn it on. They'll be in – listen, the, the Cavaliers right. are going to be in the NBA championship. And I don't want to take anything away from Brad Stevens uh, and the Celtics. He's amazing. But, I mean, that has a – I think a little more to do with the Cavs. Obviously, I'm, I'm not I'm not alone in that opinion. I don't think it's just a, an amazing story for me that the Cavs fall off. And you know, like I said, kudos to the Celtics for being right there to snatch up that number one seed. It's pretty crazy. And Bucks Raptors. I'm kind of intrigued. I, I feel like this may be the sneakiest best matchup in. Do you want to play the the Bucks if you're the Raptors? No, I mean just so much yeah. so much athleticism, and then from the Bucks, and then the Raptors have added PJ Tucker and Serge Ibaka to get um, to get tougher, to get more intense, and so you're, you've got a, a completely new attitude with this Raptors team. I just think that's going to be a fantastic series. Um, and then obviously you've got Harden versus Russ in the first round. This could be this could really stack up to be one of the best first rounds we've seen uh, in quite a while. Um, what do you think about this? Uh, the the way the Eastern Conference playoffs sort of ended with um, Atlanta and Brooklyn resting. Uh, Miami misses out despite going forty one and forty one. Hey, does it give you any solace that? Not even one game under 500 would have done it for the Hornets. Not even 500. Yeah. 500 yeah, might not right. have done it. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's still annoying. Uh, people are really torn up that this the Heat team did not get in. They were the darlings of the second half of the season. Well, I think the Heat would have had a chance against the Celtics. I mean, they were 24-4 and four <sighs> since January. I mean, they were playing yeah. some of the best basketball 
Uh, and that's the thing. Like, I would much rather be in the position as a fan. I would much rather be in the position that we're in now at the Hornets, where you go, well, they missed the playoffs, but even had they made it, they were going to get 4-0 swept. Than to be a Miami fan that looked at their team that had played twenty four and four basketball since January and 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 thinking like we had a shot to take down the the number one seed and we missed the playoffs because not because we played poorly but because other teams like Brooklyn and Atlanta rested four or five starters that's it's mm. tough it's brutal man yeah when it all comes down to that last couple games it's like you know that stuff's out of your hands but. So another amazing story for me, the Bulls are in the playoffs. Uh, after all the crap they went through, after you know who they are, the fact that they're back in the playoffs again, you think the Celtics want to face the Bulls or the Heat? They're probably happier to face the Bulls, I guess. Oh, absolutely. But again, yeah. you look at those the bottom four seeds in the Eastern Conference, and you've got Paul George, you've got uh, Jimmy Get Buckets, uh, yep. you've got uh, Giannis, for the bot, I mean, there's there's players yep. that you don't want to mess around with. There are players that are are dangerous and can take over a series in all four of the bottom seeds. Uh, and yeah. Paul George and for the Pacers. So yeah, like for someone that doesn't care, those are the teams you probably want in there, right? Because look, the Hornets don't don't have a superstar. Pistons don't have a superstar. Heat are a fun story, but again, you know, like you reeled off those guys. Each one of those teams has a name guy, right? At least one. Um, and then you know you throw the you throw Lance in with the Pacers, Giannis on the Bucks. So the Hawks they are sticking out like a sore th- sore thumb in this standings. I mean, it's just amazing that they're sitting where they are when you look. You know how they played. I think that's the most disappointing thing for the Hornets because you really look at that and be like, man, a couple things go our way, a couple more moves, a little more health, and you could have been right in that mix. So that's the irritating part, I think. All right, we've got a great show coming up. We're going to be joined by uh, Justin Thomas from ESPN Charlotte to talk about uh, Steve Clifford, his uh, exit interview. While we wait on Justin, let's talk about Ramon Sessions. Played 50 games this season as Kimball Walker's backup and had indisputably, I think, his worst uh, statistical season of his entire career, averaging, in terms of just total production, uh, 6.2 points per game, 1.5 rebounds, 2.6 assists, uh, career lows in minutes, field goals made, points, assists, rebounds, steals, and free throw attempts. Uh, his efficiency, when he did shoot, when he when he did uh, participate in the offense, his efficiency was not, uh, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as, as he's had in his career. Um, not sure about you, David, but this kind of caught me off guard. I did not expect him to fall off like this. What do you think happened? Yeah, I mean, played in um, 82 games last year for the Wizards, started in five. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a story of th- these Hornets, I think. You have most guys, not named Kimball Walker, take a step back this year, which was a big reason they were not able to succeed in a lot of what they wanted to do. But uh, certainly the injuries didn't help Sessions, right? But he just did not have a good year. He, he had, gosh, did he have moments? I mean, did he did he have stretches? I, I feel like he had stretches where maybe he was a steady force, but – Certainly not what the Hornets needed from their from their backup point guard. Yeah, last year almost averaged uh, double digit scoring off the bench for the Wizards. That's part of the reason why uh, I yeah. was uh, so excited about his second you know coming to the uh, Charlotte franchise after uh, being here for the 
2012-2013 season and then part of the 2013-14 season. But, you know, he shot, what, he had an effective field goal percentage of 50%. That was a career high. I mean, he set some career highs last, last season yeah. and then set some career lows for the Hornets. And, you know, I wondered all season whether he just wasn't asked to be doing enough. I thought maybe he could he could take on more of an active role within the offense because, again, his efficiency numbers were bad, um, but they weren't – um, they weren't completely awful. I mean, his three-point percentage was – he was shooting, uh, what, 34% from three? I mean, that's not that's not terrible. Uh, he just didn't shoot a ton. Wasn't very active within the offense. I, I didn't think was aggressive enough. Um, and so, yeah. you know, you, you get those uh, 30, low numbers. Yeah, 39% on, on two-point baskets. Um, had trouble finishing around the rim. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and did not get fouled quite as often as he's used to in his career. I mean, that's the one thing. That's the one place he could consistently um, get buckets or, or get some points on the board, but he couldn't do it this season. Yeah, I was a little surprised. Just, man, he's been in the, in the league a long time. But played 82 games last year. Um, let's see here. 64 this is the his year first, before. Yeah, this is his first major injury. And an oddity, of course, I love this one, uh, in the 2013-14 season, played 83 games uh, because split some time between Charlotte and Milwaukee and got <laughs> that extra extra game in there, which, which is funny. All right, well, let's let's ask the question then. Any chance the Hornets retain his services for next season? Because he does, have the, he does have the team yeah. option. They have to look for an upgrade there, uh, in my opinion, and so – I would be no. I don't. I think they have to move on at this time from from Ramon. I mean, a lot of these moves this year were done kind of uh, backed into a corner. Um, so they've got to alleviate that. Some of the moves this year are going to be done that way as well. But that's one of the areas they have to look to upgrade. They cannot afford to have a backup performance like they did from him uh, this year. All right, we've got Justin Thomas on the line from ESPN Charlotte. He was uh, there for the press conference. Steve Clifford giving his. Exit interview, his final thoughts uh, before he takes some uh, much-deserved time off. Uh, Justin, welcome. And uh, what what were some of the highlights? What were some of the moments that uh, that made you say, uh? I would think the most important one, well, one, I, I would say this. Uh, you know, I, I definitely respect Steve Clifford in the aspect of as, as much as this team did not make the playoffs and, you know, you can place a blame in a lot of ways. Um, he was very honest in himself and, you know, said he didn't get the job done, um, which he even spoke about, you know, during the season. And you could tell that it was weighing on him. You could hear it in his voice, his body language. Um, he was tired. Um, and, and he made a lot of good points. Of, I think he's definitely going to do some looking in the mirror this, this summer because he said there's some things he could have he could have done differently, like, you know, play calling at times and substituting. And, you know, maybe I should have got Kimba earlier in here and, and things of that nature. Because usually when teams don't don't win, you know, it's easy to say, well, guys got hurt or, you know, my players didn't do this. But um, he he took it on himself. And that was one of the first key points. And after that, he just, um, you know, talked about a lot of good things. I look forward to talking to you fellas about. Yeah, well, let me play this first clip. This is the clip that I was just alluding to where I, I felt like Steve Clifford got poetic about this season. Um, he said, listen, um, every team has a story. Every team has a story. You know, our story, I could say, is all that being said, if we don't come out and just start throwing the ball all over the arena in Washington in the third quarter, who knows where we'd be right now? You know, I mean, that's what it is. It's somebody stepping up and surprising you with a year that 
you know, you weren't ready for. And listen, we've had more than our share of that here. You know, from Jeremy Lin to Courtney Lee to Al Jefferson being all NBA to Chris Douglas Roberts. Those are the stories that you got to have. Those are the ones that put you over the top. The Pacers and the Bulls in the playoffs right now with negative point differentials on the season. Miami barely missing, and they had a negative point differential. The Hornets, um, they, they did not barely miss. They missed the playoffs, and they had a positive point differential. So this season did come down to close games, moments, uh, crunch time play where the Hornets couldn't get it done. And that's basically what Clifford's saying there. That's That was the story on this season. And, uh, you know, th- they have to now go into this offseason figuring out what to do about that. You know, it, that was probably my favorite moment of the, of the entire press conference because outside of that, he talked about, you know, the improvement internally and externally. And, you know, all throughout the year, people would always say, you know, people come to Charlotte and, you know, they revive their careers. And I think people were looking from that, you know, from some guys on this bench unit. Um, and that didn't happen. And what I think all of that said is going into the season, I believed in this roster. I like the people on this roster. But in order for us to take that next step, I do need to be better. But this roster also needs to be better. And I think that bench unit of Ramon Sessions, Jeremy Lamb, Marco Bellinelli, Frank Kaminsky. I have a feeling maybe one or two of those guys might not be back, or they're either going to try to make some moves. Um, because like those, you you need those guys. When you talked about the Chris Douglas Robertson and the Al Jefferson, you know there were times you wanted to believe, like you saw Frank put together a few good games. Like okay, maybe Frank's going to bring some consistency. And then there's some nights where you see Jeremy Lamb play well, and you say, oh, maybe he might add some consistency. And then you see Bellinelli. And you hope, oh, okay, the veteran guy, he can ask for consistency. And those guys were never able to consistently provide that spark off the bench. And it hurt them. Um, the, the, the starters were really good, but the bench was their weak point. And he, ta- and he talked about depth. And I, I think people think when you have bodies on the bench, that means depth. No, 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 no. That means you have guys on the bench that come in and play well, that produce. Yeah, you can have four or five guys you can bring into the game, but if they aren't producing, if they they aren't adding that spark, that's not depth. So I definitely think that was saying, hey, I'm going to look in the mirror. I'm going to tweak some things in my game, but also Rich Cho is my general manager. I also need you to be able to help me out also. Yeah, he had some comments on that as well. I'm going to play this and then, David, get your thoughts. Uh, This was Clifford. Um, saying that you know, and and you can you can sort of in, I'll lay, I'll play the clip and then you guys can interpret what he he meant by this. Let's play it. But it starts with being honest uh, and looking and truly evaluating because I know this: if you're not going to be honest with yourself about where you're at, there's no way you make the right decisions going forward. And that's what this whole thing is about. That's what coaching is about every day. What happened yesterday? Why did we win? Why do we lose? You know, if we're just going to make excuses, we don't have the right mindset to have the kind of summer that we need. David, he would go on to say it starts with the players, but at the same time, I don't think you can listen to that and not think that he was discussing the franchise's direction in general. Yeah, I was going to ask: Was that in response to a question directly, like about show, or just about the makeup? Not directly about show, but it was on the same line of you can't make excuses for injury because I think that's where Clifford's concern is that that the the front office is going to look at that past season and go, well, a couple of breaks here, a couple of breaks there. This team's in the playoffs, and I think Clifford looks at that lineup and says 
even if they had made the playoffs, this lineup's not good enough to win. Yeah, yeah. really. I mean, yeah, and that's what I think, Justin. You mentioned a couple of those guys on the bench. I mean, the guy that sticks out to me, you know, I think is Jeremy Lamb because it was going to be a big season for him. There's a lot of talk in the off season about him dedicating himself more, you know, staying focused, and we expected to see some more consistency from him. Um, and we didn't. I mean, it was across the board. It wasn't just him. But I think when you compare him to someone like Frank, who had a spark certainly towards the second half of the season after the All-Star break, was a little more consistent. It seemed like to me they they would um, want to see what else they can get out of Frank, you know, being a little younger, um, being a fresher, you know, a rookie uh, or on that rookie contract. You know what I mean? Like Lamb, someone like that, they're going to have to really evaluate who they need to keep around, who they can afford to keep around, right? When they're looking to add pieces. Oh yes, and, and it's it's so weird because you always hear you always hear guys say the right thing in the train in training camp. Oh, you know, I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, you know, I did some things differently. Uh, I've dedicated, I've rededicated myself to right. the game, and, and you hear all of these things, and and then you watch them on the court, and you're like. I mean, you, you understand what's needed because last year you say, okay, you didn't play well and you found yourself on the pine. Now, we had some injuries where you had to play, but still, it was the same narrative. You're engaged on offense and then on defense. It's, it's like, come on, you know our principles are, are defensive-based. You know this. And there were often times this season, um, there were times where, you know, Frank could do some things. You'd be like, oh, he's still young, done, done. They'd say, oh, that's done, done. And there's times Lamb would do some things, and you would say, come on, my man, you have to be more disciplined. And you look to see Clifford on the sideline, and his frustration is as clear as day is, come on, my man, like you understand what we need you to do. And yet, time and time again, we'll be thrust you out there, and we need you to be better. You just did yeah. not elevate your game. And maybe maybe that's unfortunate for Lamb because I don't think they ask anything on defense really from Marco clearly or oh they, they don't or or really Frank I mean we've talked a lot about how really they just want Frank to go out there and score if he can give them some stuff on defense that's great but the but the third guy in that trio is Lamb who you look at and he's like you got the length you've got the athletic ability like we need a little more from you on defense and that's. I don't know if it's amplified by the, the fact that those two other guys just aren't asked, you know, of a lot on D, but it's certainly, um, I don't know, can't probably can't help his case, I guess, when they know the ability is there and just the consistency has not been. Well, and he mentioned the basically not having a backup center after they traded Roy yeah. Hibbert. And I think this all goes back to the Hibbert acquisition <clears throat> and that not working out. And I just, <clears throat> I don't feel like, um, there's there, and we've said this over and over. There really wasn't enough physicality and size on this team to win in the playoffs. Like they were, it, <clears throat> it doesn't matter who you match them up with in the playoffs. Um, you know what? Because playoff basketball is so different than regular season basketball. They were just going to get. Yeah. They were just going to get pounded into the earth. And Kimball I think was going to get destroyed. Right. Exactly. So I think Clifford recognizes that, and I think that's to me that's what I hear when I hear that. Uh, comment that you know you can't go into this offseason thinking that this the way the roster was constructed was good enough to win a playoff series um it's just you can't you can't you can't afford to have another offseason where you really don't add anything yeah i mean exactly you know what i mean they didn't add it they didn't add much i mean they did what they had to do last offseason right but they didn't take a step forward in terms of roster construction all yeah. right, uh, Justin, uh, we got to go, but thank you so much for joining us uh, with your thoughts there on Steve Clifford's uh, presser. 
Oh, it was a pleasure, Father. I'm glad I could do this again. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much to Justin Thomas from ESPN Charlotte for joining us. No show tomorrow. Good Friday. We're taking it off. We're back next week with uh, thoughts on Rich Cho's exit interview for David. And Justin, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's warm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.